Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke along with the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Orlowski. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from Amelia Island, Florida, which is just north of Jacksonville, it is Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Well, hi, guys. How are you? We're doing pretty good. It's actually the weather is starting to warm up a bit and uh, just a lot of stuff going around. Uh, not only in the current world of motorsports, but also in the... Uh, uh, the historic part of motorsports, let's say. And, of course, you're down uh, for Bill Warner's uh, fantastic Amelia Concourse, uh, the 25th year, if I recall, correct? Well, don't mind me if I'm out of breath, but I'm running down <laughs> the fairway right now to get to the shoot for uh, they're lining up 30-some Penske cars for a photo shoot, the annual photo shoot, as you well know, Steve. Roger Penske's being honored this weekend as Bill Warner's guest, and it's a who's who of uh, celebrities here this weekend. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, if one of the you might hear the pop of an engine. Okay, one of the uh, funny uh, friend of the friend of the show, uh, Peter Cunningham, posted a thing on Facebook last night. I thought it was funny. It had uh, uh, Penske in one of his uh, port, uh, one of the Porsche Carreras. And it said, uh, uh, one of the, and Peter wrote down, one of the, one of the, uh, lot guys is moving one of the cars for the Penske shoot. <laughs> and it was him in the car. Oh, Peter's, uh, drive, dry humor coming through again. But, uh, just, uh, wide, well, and it, I guess it, it just shows how far in reaching Rogers, uh, reaches in motorsports from a car owner point of view, from all the different, cars and series he was involved with and uh well, what are some of the cars that are down there that, that have caught your eye well where where do you start i mean it's it's unbelievable uh 917 lnm car george fulmer drove here it's going to be on the lawn i'm looking at rick mears indy car the pennzoil miller car i mean we got the sunoco lola that uh Mark Donahue drove back in the day, and then, you know, the Porsche Spider that we're very familiar with. Yep. Um, more current now. Uh, it's it's just unbelievable. It's mega. I mean, this is, uh, it's the 25th anniversary of Bill Warner's show, and as you well know, he was, uh, this show was voted the best in the world. Um, and that's pretty big accomplishment. And here we are. Yeah, for those that might not be familiar with it, it's on Amelia Island, which is just north of Jacksonville, and they hold it at the Ritz-Carlton. I've had the pleasure to be down there a few times, 
and just a very, very neat event. Not only, not only for the concourse, but all the things that are involved around it. They have uh, uh, road trips that you can go on. There's there's symposiums and and meetings and whatnot you can go on, and it's just just a pretty neat event. Are there any of the uh, Rogers like uh, the Penske Matador or any of his older NASCAR cars well, there? I mean, we we got we got well, yeah. I I haven't seen one yet, but I'm looking at the Camaro right now, the Sunoco Camaro. I'm looking at that car right now, but I spent some time yesterday chatting with Rick Mears. He's never been here. There's a lot of people uh, that are at this show this year just because Penske has touched so many uh, people's lives and that are here for the first time, and they're just, They'll be back next year. I can tell you that yeah. from the reaction I get. Pretty neat. Pretty. So. And uh, of course, a lot of the former drivers are there too. You mentioned George Fulmer at 86 years young is down there. And I saw you, uh, Jackie X and uh, uncle Bobby's down there. And of course, our own uh, David Hobbs. Uh, what, what other uh, personalities are down there? Well, I mean, I, I'm at loss at words, if you can believe it, Steve, right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to catch my breath to get up here. Um, a lot of people a, a lot of people that were associated with Penske's wins at Indy, um, people from the team, the co- corporation. I haven't seen, like, Tim Sindrick, but there's, there's just been a lot of people that Roger has touched over the years that are here to see these cars all on display in one spot. And, of course, it's also one of the great memorabilia shows down there, too, isn't it? Well, I, I'm working both ends here. <laughs> it, it, that's why I'm out of breath. I was coming to, well, I was actually getting uh, a police escort for George Fulmer, uh, a kind uh, sheriff from Amelia Island has taken George Fulmer down for the photo shoot for him with his L&M car now, so that's, I was in the middle of that, and, and there's just a lot of artwork. There's just, I mean, and there's a lot of women. I mean, there's a lot of women's uh, items for purchase here. I mean, you know, all these guys with these cars, uh, you know they have a lot of money, so you, there's a lot of women shopping at the Ritz-Carlton down here also. And uh, so something something for everybody. Right, and uh, the uh, also there's also a lot of the um, there's there's of course an auction down there too, and a lot of classic cars for sale down there. But you also uh, is that a McLaren you had a photo of that you posted on our Facebook page yesterday, the orange and uh, Actually, black it's car. An Apollo, there's it's an Apollo, and I I never even did get any details on the car. That's a sharp looking car. I never even heard. Yes, it it's very parallels a mclaren okay I, I didn't get the details on the speed or anything like that they never really had them running so i wasn't and they didn't have any brochures so i really didn't know much on those cars but you know your mclaren jaguar all the manufacturers have a location here where you can test drive cars also i mean you could take out a lexus you could take out uh, the new jaguar electric cars here um, McLaren's got a booth there. You could take a McLaren out. I mean, it's, it's like a mobile, uh, dealership as well. Uh, like I said, there's something for everybody at this event. It's definitely, uh, a bucket list, uh, check off you have to do. Uh, this is my 17th year and I will never miss it. I was down definitely. there a couple of years ago and I drove an AMG Mercedes 550 horsepower Jeff and it was uh quite exceptional I mean I think I think the seat the 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 the, the driver's seat alone would probably cost as much as your Lexus SUV out there <laughs> yeah oh I'm sure it would I'm sure it would That's, it was uh... a phenomenal I mean it, it's just it was just spectacular the uh, probably a you know seventy five thousand dollar car, and uh, the driver uh, just uh, it was just it just kind of glided across the road. It I'm surprised just, you didn't buy it. I no, I couldn't couldn't squeeze it. Uh, you know, I think the nine hundred a month payment uh, probably would have done that. Probably, <laughs> that's probably what it would have been close to, I guess, right? Probably. I don't know. I see advertisements for you can uh, Lisa Aston Martin for fifteen hundred dollars a month. Hey, that's a deal. So, 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, you saw definitely. Ray Everham down there. What's new with Ray? Oh, I mean, that's another guy. Yeah, I, I left him off the thing, and he spent 15, 20 minutes telling stories about George Fomer and how he used to crash the rental cars on the way back to the rental car agency. I mean, all those race wow. car drivers back then were just hell on wheels when it came to those rental cars. Uh, Uncle Bobby tells a story about crashing Jerry Grant on purpose up at Mossport and just, I mean, there's so many stories. Of course, there's the Augie Paps famous uh, pool story. And, yeah, it just goes on and on, doesn't it, Eddie? Yeah, well, why don't you – I'm standing next to George Fomer. Why don't we put him on and just let him say hi to the audience out there? Here Hof- he is. Hopefully he will remember who I was. Yeah. George, th- this is Steve. Uh, we, we spent a weekend in Sebring together. Uh, and I drove you to the airport. Good. Thanks for uh, joining the show. Yeah, glad to glad to help out. Yeah. So, uh, it, quite quite the event down there. What what better way to spend uh, March? Uh, it's it's a heck of a lot uh, warmer than Idaho at this time of the year, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little little nippier than it could be, but uh, it's you know it's it's still beautiful here, and it's such a great event. I mean, it, uh, Bill Warner and this group put this on every year and it's just phenomenal and every time i come down here it's bigger what uh is there is there a car or a certain uh car that you've seen down there besides your of course the the, the 917 car that you drove in 72 but is there another car that that kind of really like wow this really Sorry takes me back that, oh you stepped when, away when, well when we're somebody started talking on the pa they're towing a car that's blocking the way. Oh, this, boy. This is live radio. This is. <laughs> you can't get any better than this. You know, just to have George make the trek out to uh, the East Coast was something. It is. You know, he's 86, and, you know, I mean, he doesn't – and he was just honored a couple weeks ago at the NASCAR race, actually. I've always so, I've always said George is probably one of the most underrated drivers. And if you talk, you know, I you know, for – you, you and I have, have talked to many drivers over the years and done interviews and whatnot, and one name that always comes up that the other drivers always respect is, is George Fulmer. And for a guy who, who had the, you know, like you know, I was mentioning how Penske has been involved with, with so many series and whatnot, George as a driver was too, whether it was Formula One, NASCAR, IndyCar, uh, you know, and Can-Am, uh, road racing, you name it. George did it back in the day. And for somebody who got a kind of a late start, too, uh, George was selling insurance part-time, or actually full-time, and was a part-time driver up until the late 60s. So uh, pre- pretty pretty neat uh, story, George is. And he has a fantastic book out there. If you have a chance to get it, I certainly recommend it. Well, and Steve, you were just asking about the, the javelin, and, and that's what you hear in the background right now is the javelin pulling up. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Uh, the course, uh, the AMC Javelin Trans Am car, one of the more iconic cars of, of the heyday of the Trans Am series, which was uh, the, the early 1970s. So a lot of touch. Any any final words, uh, Eddie? No, I mean, I'm just enjoying everything here. Uh, I can't, I'm, and I'm looking forward to next week. St. Pete IndyCar Racing starts next weekend. The season kicks off, and I saw Bobby Rahal, and, you know, they're very excited about uh, the upcoming season in IndyCar racing. I think it's going to be a real exciting season with all these new rookies. And not only that, but a new boss, Roger Penske. So certainly exciting to see what kind of changes they're going to have, not only in the series, but also in the month of May at Indianapolis. And uh, it certainly uh, is is pretty neat, uh, all the things that are happening on, on that side regarding racing. Well, I, and we laughed with Roger because I asked him, I said, because Bill has him signing, and I think he probably signed about 10,000 things <laughs> uh, for the charity auction. And he said he's never signed this much, even when he had to hand write out checks when he first opened the corporation. So it's pretty funny to, you know, to see Roger in a different shade here this weekend being honored. Very good. Well, Eddie, we certainly appreciate you uh, being on the show. We look forward to chatting with you uh, next week from St. Pete from the IndyCar opener. 
Thanks a lot, guys. You you have a great weekend, okay? You too. That was Eddie Lafine in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Quick story since we're talking about George Fulmer and Roger Penske. So I was able to spend some time with George in Sebring a couple years ago. And we're talking stories and telling what. And when he first drove for Roger Penske, it was in, the, in the, about 1967, he's driving in the Trans Am series with him. And at the time, Roger was you know just a uh, you know Chevrolet dealership young young race team and whatnot wasn't the the icon he was now but was starting to get into other businesses and you know the guy was a motivated uh you know american you know uh, you know enterprising young man at the time and you know george george was uh staying at the house uh in pennsylvania in reading pennsylvania and george george goes you know i'm a pretty early riser i you know i'm i'm, I'm up at six o'clock he says and uh, the first night I stayed there, I got up at six. I'm down there. Roger was already in the kitchen and had already eaten uh, uh, breakfast and was already reading the paper, getting caught up on things. So he goes the next morning. I tried to, you know, I got up at quarter to six. Roger is already down. There. <laughs> and he tried five thirty. He Roger is already down there, so he could not. Uh, he could not wake up before Roger. Roger always beat him downstairs. And uh, I guess it's kind of known that Roger is one of these guys. Uh, only sleeps four to five uh, hours a, a night. That's all he needs. Wow! And yeah. hits the ground running. And for for his age, and I mean, you, boy, you and I wish uh, we we had the energy that Roger does, don't we? Uh yeah, absolutely. And you know, to to be as successful as as he's been throughout his uh, his entire life, you know that he's got to outwork. Uh, you know, pretty much everybody, and uh, and he proves that time and time again. So. Yeah, pretty amazing guy, that's for sure. All right, when we come back, we're going to play three questions with Larry coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Final Inspection Show, Steve Zatke, along with Jeff Arlosky, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from downtown picturesque Pewaukee. It is Larry Janicek. Larry, welcome to the show, sir. Hello, Steve. What a beautiful weekend we got going. It is. Not too bad. Uh, No complaints. It's even going to be warmer tomorrow. So uh, You going to get out on the lake yacht there, uh, Larry? Oh, no. No, it's still a little early for that. Okay. It's still in dry dock. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, doing a couple multi-million dollar repairs or, you know, upgrades to it and stuff. I get it. Yeah, well, you know, when you have those twin V8s, you got to keep them up. Well, absolutely. Larry lives a lifestyle we all wish we had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a joke. Yeah, you see him out there, all the bikini girls out there drinking Mai Tais. Yeah, must be nice. Must Yeah, Life of Riley. The Mai Tai drinking, I think, is going on down in uh, Amelia Island. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on down there. That's a fun event. I was going to go down there. This I just couldn't pull the trigger, though. I, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to miss too, you guys. Too many irons in the yeah. fire. Yeah. There's so many great events. Oh, Jeff gets a little jealous, too. So you know. Well, you know, you leave me locked here in the studio. I'm not allowed to leave, and you go travel the world. Yeah, I get a little bit jealous sometimes, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, what can you do? I know my place. Now, now, Larry, I got a question for you real quick. Did you see the ARCA race last night? Yes, I did. I was actually, if you had a minute at the yeah. end of my three questions, I was going to ask, make a comment about it. I watched the ARCA race, but I did not stick around. I went, my wife and I were watching it in our uh, TV room, and then I went and did something once the race was over with. I can't remember what it was. But then later on, she told me, she said, my God, that uh, grandson of Joe Gibbs was whining, and you know, and and I don't condone what he did, but I will say this: when they had that last caution, and and uh, that uh, Coy, no, whatever the kid's name is, Coy is a uh, tie, uh, yeah, he's son of yeah, Coy. And he 
he was one of the few cars that made a uh, pit stop and put uh, tires on. And I think that uh, uh, doing that, if, I think it put him about eighth. But uh, NASCAR slash ARCA, however you want to call it now, they fiddled around with that restart. When nobody would line up. They had at one time three and four guys lined up in a row. Well, there's a new uh, rule. That's that's part of the problem is, is, is if you – uh, if you take two tires, you can't improve your position anymore in pit stops. So what they have a rule where if you take you know one side of tires or two tires, you, you get lined up where you were. And then if you take four tires, you have to be lined up behind the guys that took two tires. But you can't improve your position, and you have to. So there's all it, it, it's you know it's it's not an easy thing, especially if you're doing scoring or that. And then you have guys arguing. Well, you can't be arguing at, at the end end of the race, you know. So I yeah I understand some of his frustration, but the, yeah. on on the he, second, he, you know, there's not too many 17 year old kids though that has the equipment as good as him, and I understand oh, right. his frustration. Yeah, exactly. But you know when yeah. when when you're there's always that that attitude where okay this kid is is, is having it done too easy, you know, and and it, it that's mm-hmm. always a frustrating thing, and we've seen some. Some family does it better than others. I think, you know, maybe like Joe Nemechek with his son. You knew that eventually the kid was going to get into NASCAR, and maybe, you know, we weren't sure how far he was going to get. But you know that's a kid that also worked on his cars, knows the cars, and it wasn't oh, yeah. an easy yeah. path for him. And same right, thing with even – Right, even so much with uh, Ryan Blaney, you know, with his son and that – or with, with his dad, Dave, and that. I, you know, I don't think – I don't really get that, that w- everything was given to him. You know, he had to work for it. So w- with the Ty Gibbs thing, it, it's definitely kind of at this point, you're like, boy, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't, it didn't give an air of, uh, of hard work and, and determination last night, uh, what he oh, was able right, to do. Right. So what do we got today? Well, okay. Last weekend, Harrison Burton, and he won the Xfinity race at Fontana. And that made him and his dad, Jeff, the eighth father-son duo to each win an Xfinity race, Xfinity Nationwide Bush Series race. Can you and or Jeff name the other seven father-son duos to accomplish that feat? Well, let's see here. That's a good one. It's a pretty interesting group. Well, you got to go with Earnhardt. That's an easy one. Yeah. Maybe Allison, Bobby, and Davey. I'm thinking perhaps. I don't know if Davey ever did much. He mostly did ARCA that went into the Cup Series, though. Uh, let's see here. Jeff, uh, we're doing Xfinity father-son winners. And I'm trying to think who else. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> it is a if good you want, question. If you want to think about it and come back to yeah. it later on in the show, that would be fine because I, right. I listen to the whole show. What's what's the uh, second question? Okay, the second one. Recently, in a highly respected uh, auto racing magazine, there was a short article release about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum having museum having raised enough money to restore the 1963 Lotus Two slash or the 29 slash one car that Dan Dan Gurney drove in the 63 Indy 500, which was also the year that Jim Clark drove the sister car to a second-place finish. Uh, The article states that the Lotus 29 ushered in the rear-engine revolution at the Indy 500. Do you agree with that statement, that that Lotus 29 ushered in the uh, rear-engine revolution? It's picky. It really set the table for it because that later that car was the first car <coughs> excuse me to win uh, uh an indy car race a first rear engine car to win an indy race of course that was the sister car the jim clark car uh in august of 63 at milwaukee when i won the 200 mile uh the bentonhausen 200 so mm-hmm. that was kind of really set the table and it really emphasized that you know hey the tide has turned uh what you're probably referencing to is in 61, which is the Jack Brabham car, which I always thought it was interesting. The person that was really involved with that the most, it was one of the first interviews I did was Roger Ward, 
Roger Ward ran into Brabham at Watkins Glen at the Grand Prix there and encouraged him to bring actually bring the car to Indianapolis after the Watkins after the U.S. Grand Prix in uh, I think it was October of 1960, and they did a, a test at Indianapolis, and then based off of that test, then they they entered the race the following year. Uh, but, I mean, with the rear engine thing, I mean, that dates back to the 30s, too, of course, with Harry Miller, who had a rear engine car. There was also another car by Lee Oldfield, and then there was the, the Rounds Rocket that raced after the war, I think, in 48. So there there have been some talk of it. I mean, if you really want to, the most successful rear engine concept race car of all, I think, though, is, is you, and, and, and basically is the auto union. Uh, which is now Audi, of course, but in Formula One in the 30s, that that was the car that really uh, kind of set the like saying, yeah, th- you can actually work and do this. It can actually having their car in the back and really for balance and whatnot is the way to go. So yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. picky, but yeah, I, I I you could say that the Lotus 29 was the one that really pushed the rear engine car past, you know, just as an experiment. Okay, when you were mentioning the side story about the Brabham car, I thought maybe you were going to mention the Wisconsin connection to that car. With uh, uh, was actually a, uh, had the Kimberly special on it for Kimberly from Kimberly Clark. Oh, that was uh, yeah, that was okay. That was Mickey Thompson in '62, and he those are stock block cars uh, that he came out with for that year. And Dan Gurney, of course, raced one. Uh, that was his rookie uh, time at Indian 62. Um, and then also that car was uh, raced, the sister car raced at Milwaukee, correct, uh, with Keith Porky Rackwitz, a sprint car driver from the West Coast, uh, drove that car. And, yes, was sponsored by uh, Jim Kimberly, who in itself is a very interesting person, was an heir to the Kimberly paper fortune. And if you want to go for a tour on on, on Google – Look up Jim Kimberly because there is an interesting guy who dated and lived among the richest people in the world and dated movie stars and was quite the uh, quite the life he lived. Let's put it that way. Okay, my last uh, number number three is uh, I've heard some rumblings that there's a possibility Fernando Alonso might race in the IndyCar race at. Uh, Road America in uh, the weekend of June 19th to the 21st. It's nothing beneficial. It's just kind of rumors. If that would happen, what do you think, uh, how many additional tickets would that sell for that weekend at Road America? What kind of impact would that have? I would say at least 20%. Wow. I I, I think it's doable because if I'm I'm Alonzo, it's the – it's one of the, it has to be one of those. Re- he's he's a romantic. Let's let's admit it. This is a guy who gets it. He's a racing romantic. He understands the sport from a wide angle, so to speak, and he understands where his legacy is. And he wants to kind of be he. And he's a, he's kind of a throwback too, where where like like a Tony Stewart and those, where he wants to, you know, he he wants to get the full experience of it. So. Um, it, it's, I, I, I would not surprise me that he would do it because not only, uh, because he would want to do it. So, and I think that would bring a lot of people who maybe had not come to road America would say, well, if I'm going to go to road America, that's, this is a reason for me to go to. So I think, you know, like a lot of people, uh, indie centric people, these are the Indy 500 people who only go to the Indy 500. They might go up to road America and also would also bring some of the more traditionalist hardcore F1 fans to come and see them. Yeah. That's interesting. Did, did, uh, uh, Nigel Mansell, did he, uh, generate that kind of additional interest when he came? Incredible, incredible. And it's even more than Alonzo for, for those of us that experienced that, uh, especially at Milwaukee, um, we had as many, foreign journalists and reporters than than native or, or u.s base that's how big it was because he was the reigning formula one champion and 
cart uh, at that time in IndyCar was probably at its zenith. You had, because of, of who you had running in it, you had, you still had Emerson Fittipaldi, you had uh, Mario Andretti. So there, you got three world champions running the series full time. And of course, you had your Rick Mirzes, you had Bobby Rahal, Michael Andretti. You know, so, I mean, the names in that series at the time was incredible. So there was a lot of interest. In fact, it, Bernie Ecclestone was kind of like taken aback, and that's when he kind of started to say, you know, let's, uh, let's kind of fan the, you know, let's kind of put some water on the IndyCar series because it was a bit of a threat. It wasn't going to overtake Formula One, but there was, a, a, there was quite the uh, interest in Europe and worldwide on the IndyCar series at that point. Very interesting. <laughs> well, because uh, uh, of the time constraint here, I, I did cheat on this. Uh, on this, that's a good story <laughs> though. Uh, just because looking at it with the Harrison Burton, of course, Jeff Gordon, uh, Jeff Burton. Uh, here's one I probably would not have gotten, but if you would have thought about it, it makes sense because actually his career kind of. We went to in the Xfin, uh, the Bush series at that time, and that's uh, David and Larry Pearson. But I was not aware yeah. that that David Pearson won. I guess maybe if they're, they're counting a sportsman race, maybe. And of course, the aforementioned John and uh, Joe and John Hunter and Emacek. That makes sense. And then, of course, we mentioned them earlier too. That was Chase and Bill Elliott. Um, and this is the one, though. And I know what race he won. This is the one that uh, that'll get Jeff's attention. Terry and Justin Labonte. Do you remember the race that Justin Labonte won? I do not. Chicagoland Speedway. Was it really? Yes. Wow. I was there for that one. And then uh, Dave and Ryan Ryan Blaney. The one that would have got me was um, the Hamiltons. Yeah. Sadly forgotten. Bobby Hamilton, neat guy, uh, did some stuff with him, uh, PR side and stuff at Milwaukee. Gentleman guy, just a real upfront guy. A shame we lost him uh, so young to cancer and that. And even Bobby Hamilton Jr., there he, he's of course uh, had some issues uh, recently in that, but uh, he he was okay. But uh, yeah, Bobby Hamilton was just a nice, nice, nice guy, good guy to work with. And it's a shame we lost him at such a young age, of course. And then Dale, Dale Jr. and Dale. So and Dale, exactly. of course, yeah, Dale Senior, of course, won so many races uh, at Daytona and at Darlington in the, the old Sportsman and later Xfinity Series. So. And Larry. by far, together, they won the most out of all that group. Dale uh, Sr. had 21 and Jr. had 24 because he was two-time champion in that group. He won Dale here Jr. at won. Milwaukee, too. Yeah. Winner wow. at the Milwaukee Mile, Dale Earnhardt Jr. So, Larry, thanks again. We appreciate you coming on the show and looking uh, forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Take care. Coming up next, we're going to talk IndyCar racing with Guy Hobbs. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to the final inspection show. Steve Zotke along with Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, we're going to be talking IndyCar with Guy Hobbs. Welcome back to the show, Guy. Well, uh, thanks for having me back. It's quite unusual. <laughs> Good having you back on. And uh, things are starting not only heating up in the upper Midwest, but uh, IndyCar season is starting next week with uh, St. Petersburg next week on, on the road course by the airport there. And uh, a lot of things happening in the sport itself, and of course, one of I did. This is just a, this kind of intrigued me when this first broke uh, late last year. But that's uh, Scott McLaughlin and and Team Penske, and initially, you know, they, he was just going to do a test, and that went very very well. And then, of course, they said, well, you know what? I think we're going to give him a try at the Indianapolis Grand Prix. But of course, uh, it came out this this week that he actually might be running more races, won't he, guy? Uh, I believe he will, and and he is quite a. I mean, he's sort of come out of nowhere, really. Uh, but of course, Roger has always had an eye for 
up-and-coming talent. Um, so I, I think he's obviously going to be... It won't take long for him to prove himself that he was a good choice, let's put it that way, for Roger. Yeah, uh, and I think it's going to be kind of easy to just kind of compare him to Scott Dixon. Uh, Scott Dixon, of course, came through Indy Lights with the Pac West team and actually won a race with with Pac West and that, but was uh, well one of these no natural talents. You know, you wonder. Uh, I mean, maybe we're maybe we shouldn't be glowing so much on him, but this is a talented kid. But maybe, it, but kind of does remind you of uh, Scott Dixon a bit, doesn't he? He does a little, and, and the driving style is uh, the same. And, and uh, he's aggressive too. I, I've noticed that. In, well, I've not really noticed it, but I've sort of read that about him. Yeah. Um, and he seems to be. He, they set him like a mark, and he's almost instantly at that mark and beyond it. So I think, uh, I, obviously, we hope he doesn't go too foolishly and think, oh, yeah, I think this is." There's nothing to this, and then find himself wrapped around a wall or two here and right. every now and again. Um, because, it's, you know, the the ovals in general, to non-oval drivers, they they seem to do the first few laps or a first session or a first test, and they're like, oh, there's not, <clears throat> nothing to this. It's, you just keep going around and around and around, maintain the throttle and maintain uh, steering input. Uh, but of course, the, the moment you do any kind of fractional adjustment in any area, whether it's getting off the throttle, getting on the brake, or steering input, it's all magnified a million times because of the banking. Mm -hmm. uh, or obviously, there's not very much banking, but because of the difference uh, of the fact that it's the oval, and then suddenly, you, next thing you know, before you know it, you're in the wall backwards and in pain. <laughs> Uh, and with and with a very large bill. Yes. Uh, talking about Australia, Australia is, is uh, putting together a television package with IndyCar as well as Canada, which hasn't been the case uh, recently. And of course, uh, you, you were actually involved back in uh, you, you know years ago with the international television broadcast feed and whatnot. And how, how important is that to the IndyCar series? Well, I, I the, the international broadcast is huge for the IndyCar series and I'm not saying that because I was involved in it um, but I mean when they first when when they first did the international TV they only did I think three races were covered internationally not including the Indianapolis 500 because they have their own TV rights and everything else um, but then immediately they noticed in, in odd places like Southeast Asia uh, they were suddenly getting these massive viewership numbers for IndyCar. And, of course, along came Nigel Mansell and uh, some other names, Mark Blundell from Europe. And suddenly, at one point, I know when I was involved in the IndyCar coverage, the ratings in England for the IndyCar were higher than they were for the Formula One. Uh, I don't know whether it was because of the time of the day they were on or anything else or because of the outlet they were on. But I know they were at one point, and uh, I, I believe a certain Mr. Eccleston had a little say in what was going to be happening with that from now on. Right, right. Um, he didn't like the fact that the IndyCar was drawing better. But, but of course, at the time, IndyCar, when they first went with the international television coverage, uh, it was Mario Andretti, it was Emerson Fittipaldi, Nigel Mansell, uh, Michael Andretti, just a name, and the answers, I mean, just a name. If you say so you had some massive names um, involved in IndyCar at the time, or CART, as it was called back mm -hmm. then. Uh, so that certainly helped. And he had a number of European drivers, obviously, as, as well, running, particularly English drivers. And, of course, at, at also, also at the time, the vehicle, I mean, the it was all Lola chassis or Reynard chassis, and the gearboxes were all made in England. A lot of the engines were put together in England before headed over here. So there was a, a massive European following of, of just how those things were going. That that helped, obviously, immensely. It certainly does. And, of course, you know, uh, 
the Indy car opener next week in St. Pete and a lot of new names. And one of the more intriguing names is Arena's VK, probably not very familiar to a lot of American fans, but uh, he's going to be running with uh, Ed Carpenter Racing. Bring some money. Well, let's uh, let's admit it. He you know he, he he brings a check with him, and that helps in this you know, with the economics of racing. But he's certainly a, a quick driver, isn't he? He's certainly very uh, quick, uh, and he's proven. Uh, my my big question is, you know, is he coming into the series in the right for the in the right team? Uh, although Ed Carpenter's team has come on a long way since they've debuted a number of years ago uh, and he'll get some good advice and good help there but I'm just don't, not sure if they've got the equipment they need mm-hmm. um, uh, and of course that's, uh, obviously he's not going to step into a Penske car um, and he's probably taken the best choice he had at the time and he's going to have a very steep learning curve and he's going to have to prove himself very quickly I think to get you know, then more support from Chevrolet and everybody else yeah, it certainly will because you know you look at Ed Carpenter racing. They they've won some races, it's, uh, especially with Ed on the ovals and that, and struggled somewhat on on the road courses. But you look at other other teams too that have, uh, have struggled recently, especially like Ray Hall Letterman Racing, who uh, I don't believe I don't recall them winning a race last year, but it was one in the past. And then uh, uh, Dale Coyne Racing too has, has won in the past, but has struggled a little bit in the recent years. So you wonder, you know, what teams w- are, are are they going to be able to step up this year? And uh, Carpenter Racing with Venus may, may, may be able to surprise uh, on, a, on a road course uh, coming up this year. Is there anybody else that kind of you think that we should keep an eye out for? Well, it's funny you should mention that because uh, the, the one guy, I, was, I think Marcus Erickson may – I know he's already had a couple of years in, but he, I think we may see something good from him this year. Uh, and and I, I think Colton Herter has suddenly sort of found himself, and now he's got that win under his belt. I think we may see some good stuff coming from uh, Colton this year. I think he's probably learnt, and I think maybe his dad, Brian, sat him down and said, OK, we need to sort of work on your race strategy or temperament a bit. I think we may see some good stuff from him. Uh, I'm hoping that Connor Daly can also come through with Ed Carpenter Racing. You know, we had uh, Connor. We we yeah, we we had Connor up here last year for a dinner, and he was still paying off some racing debt from the year previously. And you know, he didn't even have a car. This is a guy who's who's. I mean, talk about a guy who's all in guy. He doesn't even have a car. He had a. Bar- I think he had borrowed um, somebody else's car. I think it was uh, maybe Hinchcliffe's car to drive up here. So, yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible determination and kind of be. You know, he's all in, just like well, what's his name on Jeopardy was right. He's all in. He's bet it all. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you watch Jeopardy too? <laughs> yes, uh, James yeah. Jeopardy James. Jeopardy James. Yes, you're right. Jeopardy James is rather good. Uh, I hope Connor Daly can turn out to be as good as Jeopardy James. Otherwise, he's uh, going to have to go to Vegas and win some money that way, right? No, that would be one way to do it. And, of course, I think he lives in Vegas now, or certainly Derek, his father, I think lives in Vegas, or was living in Indianapolis, and I believe he moved to Vegas at some point not long ago. Uh, of course, the other names to watch out for, too, I mean, the, the old standby, Scott Dixon. Although... Scott Dixon's actually getting old now for IndyCar. Yeah, you 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 keep wondering like, is this guy ever going to slow down? When 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 will that happen? And it remains to be seen, doesn't it? Yeah, and, he, and of course he's been around because he did so many years in Indy. What was then Indy Lights, uh, and he came through that championship and came up into IndyCar. And I mean, he's been since the mid nineties, basically, or not mid nineties, but late nineties been involved in the whole series and I mean he's been at every track about 20 times so he knows the track knows the people knows the cars knows all the people that supply the cars and so I I think he's probably going to have a phenomenal year this this year yeah looking forward to it and of course the big race opening uh, race next weekend at St. Petersburg St. Petersburg uh it's a good time and uh guy uh, appreciate you coming on the show 
And I, and I can't believe it's already time for the season opener. I know. Time flies. I know, I know when I was involved full-time in IndyCar, I mean, it, waiting until March seemed to take forever. And now, sure enough, here we are, March, and we're, this weekend coming up, we're going to be our first IndyCar race in the books. Hopefully, it'll be great weather down there. I hope so. Looking forward to it and looking uh, forward to chatting with you again soon, Guy. Uh, and then if you're looking for something to do at Road America this weekend, there is, in fact, a snow autocross weekend going on. And no, I'm not being paid by Road America to say that. <laughs> but it, but it is open to the public, and I, I was just walking around the streets of Elkhart Lake, and I, there are some phenomenal-looking cars parked uh, in town. I guess they're on lunch break at the moment, but a little bit of ice racing and snow cross. Very good. There's always something happening, though, at Road America, so looking forward to getting up there this year. Guy, we'll talk to you again. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much, Steve. Have a great uh, weekend. All right. Thank you. That was Guy Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. We'll be back next on the Final Inspection Show with predictions. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke along with the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Orlowski. How are we doing today, Jeff? Oh, fantastic, Steve. Can't wait to get back outside and enjoy some of this nice weather. It is nice. Not only is it nice um, like temperature for seasonably a little bit warmer than usual, but it looks nice, too. Nice blue sky. Yeah, I finally see the sun and got uh, got steaks to throw on the grill tonight. Oh, look at you. So. It uh, it's going to be a good couple days, I'll tell you that. That grill is going to be go in. But like Chuck Freeman, I don't ever put my grill away. I'll, I'll you know, there could be a foot and a half of snow. I'll still be out there grilling. Uh, if you get a chance, make sure to uh, follow uh, Drunken uh, Brian France. <laughs> we want to get, we want this guy to get as many followers as one. I've been following him for for a little over a year. Yeah, entertaining I've been following him too. It's, 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 I'm not as on, I'm not haven't been on Twitter as much as I used to be, but he is one of the the bright the bright uh, funny things that comes across your timeline, and uh, he's being sued, Jeff. Yeah, yes, he is. He's being sued by Brian, Brian France. France. Can you? I mean. Really? I mean, how out of touch can you be? How out of touch can you be? And then you have these slurping NASCAR media, Moody, looking at you, buddy. You know, oh, well, he's had uh, posts where he says me, indicating that he is Brian France. So I can see how people could, uh, could get confused and not think that it's a parody account. Are you out of your mind that's embarrassing. It is absolutely embarrassing. And you see these quote unquote, you know, journalists. Nothing. That, that Nothing. all they do is just suck on NASCAR 24 7. Nothing on the NBC Sports uh, NASCAR thing on this. They didn't even report it. Well, because it's going to get thrown out. There's no reason to report it. Better it better be. It's it absolutely really... stupid. And the, the bad thing. For the drunken Brian France guy on Twitter, is that Brian France has the money to drag this out and completely bankrupt him and ruin his life if he wanted to. All right, uh, one of the, the the issues brought up in the lawsuit uh, states that the the gentleman, I think, is Brian Steele, is the guy's name. Opened the account in February of fourteen. As of January twenty twenty, Steele has posted over seventy nine thousand four hundred tweets. Uh, as of January 2020, uh, Steele has posted over 2,700 photos, um, and at that time he had over 14,000 followers as of February. Oh, that's gone up to 18,000. Yeah. Uh, and I hope it goes, I'm pretty sure it's over 20,000 now, and hopefully it'll get even bigger. 
Well, when you do something stupid like this, Brian France, he's going to give him all the free publicity he wants. So, you know, it's good. Good for him. And uh, and I like that guy. He's entertaining. Make sure you follow him. All right. Predictions. Uh, Phoenix, we're just going to do cup because it doesn't matter. Xfinity, Kyle Busch is in the Xfinity race. So mark him as your winner in pen. And I'm going to go with uh, – I, 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 he was quick. He, I guess he's got – was the fastest in the 10, the 10 lap increment. So I'm going to go once again, second week in a row, Brad Keselowski. Okay, that's a good choice. I'm going Kyle Busch this week. Kyle Busch. Uh, we're waiting to hear from Dennis. Larry Janicek, uh, homer that he is, Mr. Durkar, went with Kyle Larson. Love to see that. Yeah, yeah, it, that would be nice. Um, you know, you had Blaney sign a multi-year extension yes. uh, this week. Kyle Larson and Brad Keselowski are, are by far your top two free agents. Does uh, that put any heat on Keselowski? Of course it does. If you're Brad, aren't you? You, you already switched to cruise and everything, and 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 Blaney's been running so strong. He has, but know? Brad's got you know all the wins. Yeah, it's it's funny, yeah. But you you think Logano's got the championship? Logano's got the championship. Brad's got the wins, and Blaney gets the extension. It'll be interesting to see. So I like I, Blaney's got a good future though. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. The kid's got talent. That's for sure. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, everybody who came on the show, Dennis uh, Michelson, uh, of course, Willie T. Ribs, Guy Hobbs, Larry Janicek, and Eddie Lapine from Emily Island. Looking forward to uh, everything this weekend, having some fun in the sun, and, of course, next week, IndyCar opener. Yep, can't wait. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.